0: Today on CityCast Chicago. Chicago has been blanketed by wildfire smoke all week. Fast cars are ready to go round and round. And Fourth of July weekend is here. Helping me break it all down is Brett Chase with the Chicago Sun-Times and Manny Ramos with the Illinois Answers Project. It's Friday, June 30th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago is talking about. Good morning, Manny. Good morning, Brent. Welcome to CityCast.
1: Good morning. Thank you for having us on.
0: Now, I'm excited to have you both. Brett is live from the basement. Manny from his porch. Y'all can hear the birds in the background. With so much conversation over the last few weeks about Chicago traffic, about NASCAR coming to town, our lead producer, Samo Ali, Sam myself earlier this week, we're talking about how good we think Chicago drivers are. And so, Manny, I want to start with you. How would you rate your average Chicago driver on a scale of 1 to 10, and why? Um, I think I would rate Chicago drivers
1: about a I think just for the sole purpose, we're not as bad as places like Florida. I spent a lot of time in Florida and, and those drivers don't even pull over for emergency vehicles. <laughs> uh, but we are bad in the sense that like we have a thing called the Chicago stop sign where it's sort of like you just kind of stroll through the stop sign. And that's incredibly <laughs> dangerous. Uh, so I would say, yeah, about a five or a six. We're, we're sort of middle of the pack there.
0: I remember when I was learning how to drive my mom would always have to get on me about that because i would just get to a stop sign in our neighborhood i see nothing and so i just kind of rolled through and she she would tell me those are the type of bad habits you build over time um i'm not sure how much better i've gotten at it but I, i'll give you that we're, we're, we're terrible with our stop signs brett how would you rate chicago drivers one to ten yeah I, I think i'd give them four
2: um <laughs> I, I agree, I agree with any i mean those the 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 the, the you know, the rolling through the, I live right by a park, you know, with lots of kids and, you know, day, you know, day camp and, you know, there's a stop sign that, you know, nobody stops for, you know, and then there's all the guys and, you know, drivers are, you know, constantly checking their phones. I mean, that's the, that's the big thing that, you know, bugs me. So, yeah, I think, a you know, generous four
0: between Manny and Brett, Chicago drivers are averaging a whopping five. I, honestly, I think I'd give us a seven. I'd give us a seven. We were talking about this earlier in the, the city. I think, yes, Chicago drivers are reckless, need to do better better about texting, Uh, slow the hell down. But I do think a lot of Chicago drivers I've been in the car with are very skilled in their recklessness. Maybe not the texting <laughs> and driving. I get nervous with that, but I know some speed demons who just, oh, you get on the highway and they be whipping it. It's dangerous, but but it is something, I'm not gonna, a little exciting about being in that passenger seat.
2: Yeah, for aggression, you know, I'd give it high, higher marks. You know, if you're <laughs> aggressive drivers, we're, we're, we're up there, you know, eight or nine probably, Yeah. <laughs>
0: We have had an interesting week across Chicago, particularly uh, because we have not seen a lot of sunshine. Uh, Many of the reports that say Chicago has had some of the worst air quality in the world this week due to wildfire smoke from Canada. But, Brett, I want you to go beyond the headlines. Can you explain to CityCast listeners what have we been dealing with this week? And, I mean, is it likely something we'll continue to see in the future?
2: Yeah, well, what we're seeing, you know, is the, the result of, you know, decades of um climate change you know because of our our, our practices of, you know burning fossil fuels um of not heeding the warnings so what we have is this massive forest fire in um canada i mean 19 and a half million acres that's that's mm-hmm. more than half the size of the state of illinois is on fire right now and all that smoke is billowing you know down here to chicago you know we, we saw it about well, weeks ago, New York City, it's actually hitting Europe, it's so big, so we have this smoke, and within this smoke is this um, type of pollution that's, it's kind of a catch-all phrase, it's called particulate matter, and it's just tiny microscopic bits of, of, of soot and all sorts of, you know, little stuff that gets lodged deep into our lungs, and its it can be quite deadly. Um, it's really unusual that we have... These ratings from the federal government of like very unhealthy and unhealthy, and we've we've had three days worth of that. T- typically through the summer we have unhealthy for sensitive groups. You know we're talking about the very young, the very old, you know people who have asthma or you know a whole host of other you know lung conditions. So um, this is uh, this is something that we you know probably saw coming, but uh, you know here we are.
0: Definitely didn't prepare for and definitely didn't educate people on. I mean, you talk about the the raging fires at one point this week, there were nearly 500 active fires taking place in Canada. And I think the last time I checked, that number was around 483. You talk so much about, you know, not heeding the warnings. This is the the impacts of climate change. So does that mean we are likely to see more intense fires and to see this type of smoke making its way down into the Midwest and Chicago more often moving forward?
2: It looks like it. You know, I mean, you know, we th- this isn't hopeless. I mean, we could start and we have we've we've started, you know, it is a, a policy, uh, you know, like stable noise phasing out, you know, fossil fuels for energy. It's you know, it's, it's doing some promotion of electric vehicles, although there, you know, a lot of advocates say we could do much more. Um, but that, you know, it took decades for us to get this far. Um, and it's going to take decades for us to start reversing, you know, the trend. But yeah, I would, I would say, I mean, I can't predict that we're going to have a massive Canadian fire like this next year. Hopefully we don't, you know, but, um, you know, we're definitely going to have more fires from the West western US uh, later this summer so we're going to have you know we'll see how intense you know, historically this has become you know hot you know bigger more intense you know and it is it is climate i mean i'm i know there's still climate deniers out there
0: it's it's real and it's and it's been happening many the entire city is talking about air pollution and air quality right now, but neighborhoods across the south and west sides deal with poor air quality every single day. Places that live close to highways, uh, neighborhoods like Little Village and Pilsen and Roseland, and even up in Irving Park and West Ridge. D- do you think this moment will kind of use this as a as a way to start talking about th- the daily? air pollution issues that face our city, particularly black uh, and brown communities on the west and south side?
1: Yeah, I, unfortunately, I don't believe so, right? I mean, and, and Brett has done some extensive coverage of the air quality issues in these neighborhoods that you mentioned, right? But, I mean, just take a second to think about what happened in uh, in Little Village with the smokestacks that kind of just exploded um, when they were demolishing that for a uh, Target warehouse, right? Like, that happened here in the city where a plume of dust covered an entire neighborhood, Um, And nothing really changed in any significant way. Right. I mean, there was even the mayor at the time was also fighting for any reports to come out, um, which Brett covered also. So I don't feel that like anything that happened up in Canada um, that's causing a few days of of pretty terrible air quality is going to have any significant changes here in Chicago at home.
0: At this exact time that we're dealing with poor air quality nascar weekend is upon us and if there's one thing that contributes to air pollution it is is definitely vehicles Uh, but people are sort of split on this event both excited as well as cautious uh, and all the way up to skeptical and downright mad that it's happening manny how are you feeling that nascar weekend with all of the hype is finally here uh, but also falling at this particular time
1: yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, as you mentioned, it's one of those things that you've either been dreading or excitedly looking forward to. Um, and it's here. Uh, this weekend, um, as you mentioned, NASCAR's Xfinity Series is set to kick off on Saturday with its uh, Loop 121 uh, beginning about 4 p.m. on Saturday, uh, then a Cup Series, which will follow the next day on Sunday. And, you know, it's going to shut down pretty much all of downtown, um, and especially around the areas uh, where it's happening. And I know Chicago air quality is terrible right now, as we've just been discussing. Um, and I know there probably are some concerns about having 40 cars whizzing by in downtown could be even more harmful to the air. Um, but a Black Club Chicago story by uh, Melody McCardo indicated while the race doesn't necessarily help with ongoing air quality conditions, it also doesn't compare to the fact that more than one million cars are polluting the city every single day. Um, mm-hmm. So while it's terrible, yes, um, it's not going to sort of add to sort of the harm that, that we were we were already experiencing, specifically in neighborhoods that you mentioned earlier. And personally, for me, I, I, I find this uh, NASCAR series somewhat of a nuisance. But I know there are some some diehard car fans out in Chicago that might enjoy it. Um, but if you have no business being in, in downtown Chicago, I would recommend staying away from it.
0: Manny, last time you were on uh City Cash Chicago, we were talking about the uh illegal street races yes. that were taking place around the city and these these uh notorious car meetups that were happening. Uh and even then the city was announcing the NASCAR series. This was was last summer mm-hmm. and, and you said it, it it felt very hypocritical at the time. And now that we're here, um do, do you feel the same way? A hundred
1: percent. I mean th- this is something that is putting I mean, it's, it's a dangerous activity, um, and, you know, and, and folks get really upset when these unsanctioned events happen on Wacker Drive or happen in, in, in areas of, of the loop or downtown. Um, you know, and to be putting on sort of a city backed effort that's basically doing the same exact thing in terms of how loud it's going to be, how much traffic it, it's in, in disabling, um, you know, bus, for example, CTA bus routes are having to be um, rerouted. Um, More than a dozen of them. So, I mean, it's extremely hypocritical for this to be going on as the city has imposed stricter and stricter um, penalties for for unsanctioned um, drag racing or you know, doing tricks they like donuts and things like that in the middle of an inter- intersection.
0: When the dust and the smoke settles, we will definitely survey um, what happens and, and we'll see if this is something the city of Chicago continues. It, it is, um, if the contract is fulfilled, likely going to mean four more races over four more summertime shies. So everyone will be watching. And if you're listening and you want to learn more information, not only about NASCAR weekend, but what you can do to check air quality in your neighborhood, even build your own DIY air purifier head over to the number one newsletter in the city of Chicago in my heart hey Chicago at Chicago.citycast.fm Every single Friday, we want to also look at the stories that weren't on the headlines throughout the week. And Brett, you recently wrote a piece uh, that's really interconnected with these top stories, uh, because as as Manny said, you know, we could talk about forty cars in NASCAR, but millions of cars are on Chicago roads and highways. Can you talk about yet another potential highway expansion project in the city?
2: Yeah, in the in in the closing days of the Illinois legislature, there were a couple of measures. Through one was resolution, one was part of it, was placed into like a big budget bill. And it it revives one measure, revives this idea that came up under the Ronner administration of expanding the Stevenson, um, you know, by a couple lanes. And you know, you can do this without actually, you know, I mean, within the the existing footprint, but it's going to mean more, you know, trucks and cars, you know, driving. Uh, past the southwest side of Chicago, which has this you know, unbelievable amount of traffic already. I mean, this is where a lot of these last mile warehouses are are going up. This is where there's, you know, the we talk about Little Village and Pilson and the air quality and, and those neighborhoods and McKinley Park. And and we're just we're talking about more and more, you know, uh, pollution. And, and yeah, the and,
0: diesel trucks that roll through those neighborhoods on the daily um, are already um, a, a nuisance for neighbors.
2: Yeah, so there, understandably, there were a lot of you know, community and, and environmental, you know, and health organizations, you know, concerned about this and saying, you know, why why is this getting you know pushed through, you know, without a lot of debate? Uh, and, and then there was a almost a companion measure which was uh, giving more leeway to private organizations to build our roads and then charge you know a, a toll basically. Um, you know, it, it, both of these things are probably going to be years off. But you know, it's it's a time where we're also talking about you know improving our air. Um, and, and there's there's always a disconnect, you know, whether you're talking about the state of Illinois or the city of Chicago, because we talk they talk a lot about environmental justice, but they also talk about the, the economic engine, which is what they call you know transportation, distribution, logistics, which is just you know bringing more warehouses, more trucks, you know. Sp- for all that stuff that we order on Amazon and everywhere else, you know, and it's mm-hmm. you know, called last mile distribution points, you know, so we can get that you can get that uh, fancy, you know, cat litter, you know, or cat food delivered to you, you know, same day. Um, but, you know, it's can a you truly
0: market. have environmental justice in a system built and reliant on those type of systems?
2: It's a good question because it, they, they seem to contradict each other.
0: And, and I want to bring Manny in here because his story hits on a very similar contradiction. When we talk about what does development mean for a neighborhood? Yes, people are are, are rightfully excited that the, the Obamas have chose to bring their their center to uh, the city of Chicago. But what that means for South Shore residents over the last eight years has been a very difficult fight. Uh, Manny, there was recently a CBA summit. Um, wh- what do we hear coming out of that?
1: Yeah, so I guess just to give a little context first, right? um, South Shore residents are still pushing for some sort of housing protection from the city as construction for the Obama Presidential Center is underway. Um, Unlike neighboring Woodlawn, uh, South Shore doesn't have a CBA to protect residents from displacement because of mm-hmm. in, you know prospects from investors coming in and, and purchasing land, rising rents, and things of that nature. And I've written in the beginning of the year about how fears of displacements are real, that investors in South Shore are buying larger shares of homes for sale than they've ever had before. And this tick up in purchases are really occurring following the announcement that Jackson Park uh, is going to be the home of the Obama Center. Um, so last week, a community sen- a summit was held. Uh, To really talk through a CBA.
0: A community benefits agreement, again, just for people who might not know the
1: the acronym. Exactly. So thanks for clarifying that for me. Um, But yeah. And, and, um, you know, Block Club covered the story in great detail. I recommend people go out and check it out. But basically, the ordinance is designed to protect renters, homeowners and condo owners. Uh, It looks also to set aside all city owned vacant laps uh, in the neighborhood. Uh, for affordable housing, um, but it seems to have the backing of, of its alderman, uh, which uh, it, it didn't have before. This situation uh, seems to be coming uh, to a head right now as we're approaching the anniversary of the Woodlawn CBA. I think South Shore residents are going to continue to push forward for this that they've been pushing for, for the past three, four, uh, past five, six years now. Um, so I think it's just going to continue to be coming and, and to, to pick up some steam as it should. Mm-hmm.
0: As you said, the new South Shore alder, Desmond Yancey, supports the, yeah. the measure. Alder Woman Jeanette Taylor, who helped secure the community benefits agreement for Woodlawn, is in support. Uh, but Taylor reminds us that while this uh, ordinance has been passed for Woodlawn, it has not stopped you know investors coming in and buying up properties it is it has not stopped you know high evictions with Woodline and South Shore seeing some of the highest eviction rates um, in the city right now and so people don't want just sort of on paper uh, a CBA that that tries to hold the the Obama Center accountable but they want an ordinance and something uh, something tangible like you said vacant lots set aside they want money for people who have been displaced they want loans and grants made available for homeowners condo owners and renters uh, in the neighborhood for them to be able to stay in addition to uh, some worker protections as well. Um, So, again, I appreciate both of y'all bringing attention uh, to these stories about the Stevenson, about the South Shore CBA Summit. We'll drop links in the show notes uh, for people to learn more about this, um, to learn more about both of these stories. Before I let you all go today, I have to ask, what is your some good news? It could be a weekend event. It could be something happening in your life. Just a piece of positive news you want to give CityCast listeners to get them through the hour, the day, or their weekend. Brett, what is your some good news for the people?
2: Um, well, this is a weird way to back into it. But you know, We lost a, a tremendous artist um, a year ago, uh, Jimmy Branch. She was a, a jazz trumpeter that started... Here in Chicago, uh, moved east, but's always stayed uh, on with the um, the uh, the awesome eclectic Chicago record label, uh, International Anthem, and uh, it was just announced that um, you know just before she died at age 39, she had finished a, an album, which is finally going to get its release in August. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. You should definitely. Check it out and, and check out um, International Anthem because it, uh, it makes some of the most, or releases some of the most interesting music that's being made today.
0: Mm-hmm. It is going to be coming along at the perfect time, with High Park Jazz Fest as well as the City Series Jazz Fest taking place in late August, September. Um, so we'll definitely make sure uh, we look out for that. Uh, Manny, what is your some good news? <laughs> yes, yeah, so I, I got two here. Um, you know,
1: first off, it we're we're in full barbecue season now. Um, so that means a lot of good food, good drinks, hanging out with friends and family. So Fourth of July weekend, as you know, is this weekend. Uh, some folks probably going to be having some, some grilling sessions happening and I will be one of them. So I'm looking forward to hanging out with some friends, eating some good barbecue, uh, you know, having a couple of couple beers and, and just really enjoying what is Chicago summer. Hopefully the air quality improves a little bit before then. Um, I'm praying. Um, but but yeah, that that's one. Uh, the second Righteous mm-hmm. Gemstones on HBO or, or, or Max <laughs> is back on. Uh, so I'm, I'm hanging on by every Sunday to to, to really watch the show and, and and have a good time. It's it's a fantastic show. I Recommend watching it if you haven't already.
0: Hey, I definitely have caught up with this season and I'm loving it. I got to ask both of y'all, Brett. What's your go-to food at the cookout? What's something you're looking forward to during a Fourth of July barbecue?
2: I I, I usually marinate some chicken and you know cook it and smoke it. You know that's the you know, okay. That's the mo- most important thing is to you know to you know do it uh, over indirect heat and smoke it for a while.
0: Okay, low and slow. I like that. Manny, what are you looking forward to at the barbecue?
2: Always got to go with the ribs. Uh, The ribs,
1: ribs, (sighs) ribs for me. Can't can't always escape that. What about you?
0: Oh, I knew you was going to kick it back to me. Um, (laughs) Smoked brisket. Mm. my homie Darius dude like a 8-10 hour smoked brisket um, his wrapping technique is fantastic he just bought a new smoker immediately sent me a picture of it like five shelves absolutely beautiful wow. so I'm looking forward to going out there uh, and enjoying some of that brisket this weekend and it is um, my niece's birthday huh. um, little Zuri and so I'm excited to go out there uh, for her birthday party so brisket birthday 4th of July weekend for me um, it's all good news over here here. Um, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Zuri. Happy birthday. My some good news uh, is a shout out to my homie, Lo Marie, who is an artist in the city who lives in South Shore right now. Fun fact, L- uh, Lauren did our City CityCast Chicago headshots. So if you see our new headshots on the website, those were provided by Lo. This weekend, uh, Lo, who is a photographer and a visual artist, is teaching a collage uh, making workshop for people. That is her art form, uh, sort of mixed media painting collage. So she's teaching people how to do these collage journals in West Westtown. Um, so if you're looking for an indoor activity, you know, a little bit of art, a little bit of poetry in uh, a DIY project, make sure you hit up Low Marie. I will drop a link to the event in the show notes. That's all for us here on Cash Chicago. I want to give another thanks to Brett Chase from the Chicago Sun Times and the homie Manny Ramos from the Illinois Answers Project. It was an absolute pleasure talking with y'all today,
2: fellas. Thank you again for having us on. Thanks. Thanks for having us.
0: Before I let you go, I want to give a huge thank you to the people who make CityCast Chicago. That's lead producer Simone Alisea, our newsletter editor Sidney Madden. Our producers this week are Grant Irving and Lizzie Goldsmith. The music we all love to listen to is from Sam Thousand, All the Kimonos, and Mark Greenberg from the Mayfair Workshop. If you love CityCast as much as I do, please share with your friends and family. Make sure you subscribe to the newsletter and meet us back here on Monday morning. I'll talk to you then. Peace.